as soon as I open it, roaches. To where when I walk in the house, <laughs> did you scream? Hold, <laughs> I don't know my life. Brother. Welcome back to Econics Talks, guys. When I pop up. Everybody gonna be like, man, overnight success. Lifestyle topics, entrepreneurship, and investing. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, then I'm willing to back the business. We want to inform you, educate you, and empower you so that you can maximize your life. Let's get started. What's up, guys? It's Josh here. I am proud to announce that we are officially live on Patreon. Patreon gives creators like me an opportunity to make a few bucks while you all get exclusive content. We will be offering behind the scenes footage all the way to business ebooks. We will be breaking down business topics of your choice and provide resources for our ecosystem of entrepreneurs. In order to join, the link will be in the show notes as well as our bio on Instagram. I look forward to seeing you all there. And now on to the show. Welcome back to another episode of Econics Talks, guys. Today, we have Kaya Abdul, also known as the Career Savage. Like, woo! Hey! <laughs> so, first of all, thank you for being a guest on the podcast. So, guys, today, um, Kaya is actually, like, a super dope person. And she has, she specializes in career advice and, and helping people find their career paths and and so I'll let I'll shut up and let her introduce herself. And, and so just thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Hey, guys. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> no, I'm excited to be here. I think it's a, a super dope opportunity to talk about, um, you know, advancing in your career. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so you have your master's in public health um, yeah. and you also went to Charles Drew University. You're not really yeah. at your undergrad, though. So let's let's dive right into that. What happened? <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I think most colleges are like this where they just don't prepare you for anything and they just give really bad advice. I, I truly believe that. But I was just so irritated with the fact that I'm attending a private university. Mm-hmm. You guys are charging X amount of dollars for tuition. You're encouraging students to take years off. Like, I'm the only one of all my like 10 group of friends or whatever. Um, only two of us graduated on time. Everybody else graduated like two or three years later, uh, had to retake classes. Some people didn't finish. And I think it's because the university just makes it exceedingly difficult for you to finish school on time. Like I was a psychology minor and my advisor freshman year told me, oh, wait until your senior year to declare because I was a business administration minor first. Then I chose psychology. Um, and they changed the the rules to get a psychology minor my senior year didn't grandfather me in. So I didn't get my minor. They did that to people all the time. They did that to teaching um, majors where you could do the five-year program, teach and get your master's in teaching, changed it, didn't grandfather anybody in. Wow. So it was almost like you were running a race and the finish line kept moving. No, that's problematic. That's definitely No, So I don't rep them. (laughs) (laughs) I don't rep them. Sorry. I'm not mad at that. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about how you actually got started or, you know, obviously, so guys, she has a YouTube channel. Um, It's called the career savage, correct? Yeah. Career savage. Right, cool. So yeah, first of all, go check that out. So if you, if you're looking for career advice and she'll plug it at the end of the end of the show as well, but talk to us about how you kind of got started and what inspired you to pursue this path of just enlightening other folks on how to be better at their own careers. 
Yeah. Um, your own. I think doing your own thing. I know. I think it really stems from the fact that, okay, so I grew up in a predominantly white community. And obviously, um, I'm Nigerian. Well, that's not obvious, but I am Nigerian American. I saw your full name. I'm like, yo, she's Nigerian. (laughs) Yes, I am. And I think growing up in a predominantly white community where people, the system isn't meant to help you excel. They don't teach you things to be better. They don't include you in things to be better. For example, my high school had this program called AVID. It was supposed to be for uh, minorities and first-time college graduates. I was not offered. I remember the AVID program. I wasn't offered to be in that program. And I was like one of 20 Black people. Wow. At a 3,000 people school, I was not offered to be in that program. Instead, they labeled me saying that I had a learning disability. And even with that learning disability, you guys didn't help me. So I just became very irritated with the system and learned early on that this system isn't going to work for me. Um, and I'm not working for the system, but I could work the system. Right. You know yep. So I just decided to like take on this journey of like cultivating my own career path. So when I went to college, I decided that I'm only going to work jobs that are relevant to my major. And that decision seriously kickstarted my entire career. So um, I started working at CDS because I was a biology major. And then after that, everything kind of I was a pre-med biology major. All bio majors. Why do you say that? Because that's one of the hardest majors. Literally, I didn't graduate with any friends in my major. You say what? I didn't graduate with any friends in my major. I'm not surprised. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> you see me over here struggling, right? I see you struggling. Oh I, was like, I don't know She's if I should ponder right that. Y'all, y'all, my video, my, my video camera is messing up and it it's is really crazy, but it's all good. I'm going to just rock with my front camera. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, as a pre-med bio major, I really wanted to, um, work jobs that were relevant to my major. My advisor wasn't helpful really. Um, and that's how, you know, a lot of my friends ended up just working any job because we all had to work in college. And I, this comes back to like that mentality that I developed in high school, really thinking for myself and thinking for my career plans. So I started working in a pharmacy as a pharmacy technician. I got my pharmacy technician license paid for by CVS. I worked there for like two years. And then I went to um, a hospital, a Milford hospital, which was local to my school, not local. Cause I had to take like three buses to get there, what? but yes, but, um, it really, I'm telling you, it transformed my career. Like that's how I was able to get my first job at a pharmaceutical company right out of college. And from there, I've kind of just been climbing the ladder. Like currently my a title in corporate America is associate director of regulatory affairs, um, clinical operations, non-clinical. And I'm only 27. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, all. yeah. And you don't see awesome. Black women in STEM. And you definitely don't see Black women in STEM with my title. Right, right. So I'm on a journey to reach higher heights. That's what's up. That's what's up. So when yeah. you started your, when you started to give out career advice and when you start, what yeah. were some challenges that you faced that kind of like caused you like, you know what, like. I need to help other people because I'm really dealing with a lot myself. So I know somebody else is going through this. My college. Yeah. So that they was, that literally was the don't help you. I was, yeah. I was so irritated every you time I would talk PWI to my advisor. Yeah, of course I went to a PWI. Okay. So for <laughs> those of y'all who don't know what a PWI is, a PWI is a predominantly white institution. Um, and HBCU mm-hmm. is a historically black college or university. 
So um, I went to Morehouse, by the way. So um, mm. it, <laughs> PWIs are, are interesting, but I think the conversation is very, it needs to be had. It's, I, I mean, it does. I've had plenty of friends who went to PWIs and a lot of them have had great experiences, but there yeah. are people like yourself who weren't necessarily, you didn't, you didn't enjoy your experience. You didn't yeah. Enjoy- I enjoy my experience with my friends, but like right. from an institutional perspective, this is why I say I enjoyed my uh, master's program. Cause that's HBCU. When I tell you the curriculum, like I'm talking, I used to get chills in class because we will be talking about how the laws of segregation really started and how that affects people's public health today. And that's, important. we would talk about Jim Crow. Exactly. That's we talked important. about, we didn't just talk about, Oh, you know, George W. Bush did not George Bush. Anyway, any of the like former white ancestors, but we talked about what happened to other people and why the communities are the way they are now and why we have the issues we have now. So I think at a HBCU, they work on addressing historical context so you can understand the root cause now. Whereas at PWIs, they kind of just give you surface information and lead you on your way. So at my school, my advisors, they just weren't supportive. Like my freshman year, one teacher was telling me I should take a year off. And I was like, what type of nonsense is this? And then I asked my advisor. um, So this is what kickstarted it to answer your question. I asked my advisor, I was like, okay, if I don't want to go to medical school, like what are my options? The man didn't have nothing to say. What? Nothing. Like he had no advice for me. Couldn't really tell me. He was like, yeah, you could teach or I, I don't even remember what he said, but it was nothing of anything. It was nothing of substance. No, it was. And I, he said that my sophomore year and I was like, OK, this is how I really know I'm going to have to take a hold of my career on my own. And I'm sure there are other people who also need advice. So I used to give my friends advice. I used to do my friends resumes. Mm-hmm. I used to help people with their like college applications. I used to, also used to help high school students with their college essays and like their applications. Um, SAT prep, just like putting together the best possible pack- package to get into schools. Um, and that's kind of how it started. I just, you know, you want so bad for a system to want to help you. But when you open your eyes and realize that it's not built for you or meant to help you, you come up with your own strategy. That's real. So and thank you for that. So now that you kind of found, you know, one of your passions, mm-hmm. first of all, let's talk about resume resumes, because mm-hmm. so what, first of all, what do you suggest as far as how your resume should look? Because yeah. um, I know for me with my resume, I have my picture on there. Some people don't mm-hmm. people say no to that, but I also have like a super dope, like layout, um, mm-hmm. but it's not your traditional resume with just a black and mm-hmm. white text. It's, it's like, aesthetic. I know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, so that a lot of people in the market are doing that, but how do you feel yeah. about you got to know your market. Mm-hmm. And that's what people don't understand. It's like, know your market. You're not going to market Generation Z the same way you're going to market to baby boomers because baby boomers are receiving the Generation Z message. So I think when it comes to your resumes, we can be versatile. You know, things are adapting and shifting. If you're applying for jobs that are more on the creative side or within the creative space, have your picture on there. Do the cool layouts and like, you know, the little docs next to how proficient you are in a skill or whatever. But if you're in law, science, anything in STEM, first of all, you have to think if someone, honestly, I hate when people give me creative resumes, um, when I, in the STEM world, because I read so many things every day, I want to get the, the information as quick as humanly possible. Right. So if I'm having to look for your objective, like I'm thinking I'm just going to get it at the center of the page. 
I'm looking all over for your objective. I finally see it at the bottom right corner for some odd reason, which doesn't make any sense to me. Mm -hmm. Then I'm reading it, but that's not my space. You know, that's, that's STEM. That's my space. So I think you have to know your industry law. They don't want to see all that. Mm -hmm. They don't want to see your picture and all the razzle dazzle, like know your market. That's real. That's real. Yeah. And you know, (laughs) building a resume is honestly tough. I actually stole my Mm -hmm. template from one of my college roommates. (laughs) And I still use, I still, not the template, but I use like the, for that black and white, just basic. Like I use that. Yeah. I mean, five or six years. I just, I'm like, I'm just rock with this. Cause it, it looked good. I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you have good content though, in your resume, like if it's crafted the right way, right. like if your professional objective is captivating and then you lead in with like things that you accomplished, cause I'll do like my professional statement and I'll say accomplishments include and the three relevant top most important accomplishments mm-hmm. to want to get an employer to read more about my experience. Right. Right. No, that's, that's real. So I want to shift the conversation because this is an important mm-hmm. topic that I think a lot of people um, will benefit from um, job depression. Um, it's something that I've yeah. dealt with before. Um, I'm pretty sure it's something that you've dealt with. A lot of people deal with job depression. They just, they're really just not happy with their, their work life. Um, yeah. so how do you suggest someone tackle an issue like that if they are they're working at a job that they just absolutely hate yeah i actually have a few youtube videos on this about um hating your job and one thing that you guys and you as well will see on my youtube channel is i'm real i'm not gonna tell you like oh my god quit your job and like have the best time and just like that's not real because you have bills to pay and if you didn't have bills to pay you wouldn't be working a job that you hate so one thing that i always tell and empower people is like your situation is never permanent. You can, you have the power if you empower yourself to change your circumstances. So I think what I say is of the strength that you can find of the hope that you can hold on to each day, just like try applying to a different job, networking, talking to friends about like, Oh, are they hiring at your job Mm -hmm. going on LinkedIn and using that as a tool? Even if you don't have the energy to apply to jobs, the day that you have energy, because depression can just take a hold on you. And after you've worked a long day at a horrible job, the last thing That's you want to do is look for more work. Yep. If you can just get the strength to go on LinkedIn and turn on the open to work feature, you literally just type five keywords, you know, business operations, blah, 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 the five job titles you're interested in. Mm-hmm. Let the opportunities come to you in yeah, that way. You can do the same thing. Yeah. Recruiters will reach out to you. The, yep. the same thing on Indeed. And people think Monster is old school. I still get emails for contract jobs through Monster for like one year contract. And sometimes maybe you just, and it's quick. Like you'll get the job quick, a contract job. Do you think because baby boomer generate, the baby boomer generation utilizes the Monster platform more? Do you think it's because of Because of my, see, the the medical industry is so archaic. It's annoying. Yeah. That's Um, because government is slow. Government is slow. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the STEM industry is very archaic. So I still get hit up all the time through Monster and like I get phone calls. And these are from resumes that have been posted from like three, four years ago that I haven't just taken down. But I think also another thing is if you are someone who has suffered from job depression in the past and you are trying out a new job, don't take your resume down from these profiles because you don't know if you're going to be happy in this new role. And it's okay to walk away from a job if you've only been there for three, four, five months. I don't care. Don't let people think that that job hopping thing is going to prevent you from being successful. If I even tell you guys how many jobs I've had in my life, 
you'll be like, that doesn't make sense. You can go look at my LinkedIn. They put, they put, you know, people put so much, I wouldn't say people, I'll say the, uh, not say older generation, but they, older generation. People hate millennials for whatever they reason. Do. They and Generation yes. Z. Yeah. So, you know, they put so yeah. many, they put so many, um, Labels, labels. yeah, like lazy. We're this. We don't want to work. Yeah, they think we're entitled for yeah. sure. I'll, I'll say one of the things that worked for me when I was dealing with um, job depression. Mm-hmm. It it was just one of those. I just refused to quit, and I refused to accept the fact that I'm going to walk into a place that I hate every day. So yeah. I know that whatever, like my what works for me is success. So some people are more like, what motivates you? And that's yeah. me. money doesn't motivate me. Success does. Yeah. So yeah. obviously my, th- my thought process is if I chase success, the money's going to be there no matter what. Cause you got yeah. like you said. So yeah. I had a really, really shitty boss and that's always what it is. Yeah, man. Management, man. Ma- it's always management what it is. Will really like kill a company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had some really poor, poor leadership at the time. And it it was it was bad. Like I my job was threatened every day. It just was it was a very toxic um work environment. environment. It was mm-hmm. bad. It was it was really bad. And it was crazy because I was a top performer and I just yeah. never understood. I'm like, yo, like if I'm one of your top performers, treat me as treat me so. Um yeah. anyway, so that was very like it was tough. But yeah. what I what helped me out was I found that I know what my what I'm motivated by. So I chased what motivated me and I chased what would bring me some some sort of happiness. So in that job, did I love that job? No. But was I good at it? Yes. Because I refused to just like hate that. So I think yeah. that that helped me a lot. Um, You're special thing, though. Uh, it because was- <laughs> people who are like, and I'm speaking from a chronic, chronic depressed state because I've had clients who have been like, I'm literally so miserable. I want to like harm myself. Up. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I've seen people in those situations. They, they don't have the capacity to motivate themselves, which in that case, as a counter to your advice, I would say mm-hmm. it's important to also have mentorship, yeah. have someone that you, that can be that motivator for you. But yeah, go ahead. Well, I'm going to ask that question, put a pin in that. Um, But what I, what I would like to say is about the the job depression, the job depression piece is Mm -hmm. for people who are working for a bigger corporation, a lot of times, and I didn't notice until after I was working for HR. Well, yeah, well, they, a lot of times they'll have um, benefit packages that they offer free, um, Therapy session. Services. Yeah, that's true. Therapy yeah. I didn't know that yeah. my, my old job did that until yeah. I had been working there for almost two and a half, three years. I'm like, y'all offer yeah. free, like therapy. So yeah, people, if you're working in a job like that, look at your benefits package because your company may offer some type of, of um, service to help, to help you. you. Like, yeah, you know, I agree. Some are free. Um, it, yeah. it'll cover, they'll cover up to a certain number of sessions. So that yeah. may be beneficial for some people who are dealing with depression, who may not be able to deal with the job. But if yeah. you deal with the mental, you'll be able to deal with the physical later. Yeah, you can stabilize at the very least. You can stabilize right. and then plot your escape to get out. Right. My thing is always like, get out, yep. get out, because it'll take years off your life. I mean, I it will deteriorate your soul. I mean, when yep. you start, to, when you start, man, when you start working for some of these corporations and, and y'all, I'm bald headed. So 
when I say I lost hair, I just had like hella patches in my beard. So it was just like, oh my God, like stress. But when you yeah. start to move up, because I know for me, and I'm speaking just from personal experience, you know, yeah. when I started to move up in corporate America, um, came, they, they, obviously there came more money, but there came more responsibility. So with yep. that, yo, when these folks give you that check, and they're saying we're going to pay you this much. They expect you, you better. They expect a time. high level yep. of performance. It's yes. funny because I literally just quit my job like uh, last week. OK. Yeah. Effective immediately. I was just like, nah, this place is toxic. And, and I think I'm privileged in the sense where I've moved up in my career where I have uh, not a reputation, but I have enough work experience where I can go out and do somewhere else. And like, I know my value and I know my worth. And I think that comes from years of learning from my job depression. And I just wanted, wanted to share that because it is brighter on the other side once you get over your depression. And once you're able to solidify that confidence within yourself, nobody can tell you nothing about who you are, what you're capable of. There's no type of micromanaging you have to stand for once you get over that hurdle. So now for me, I don't take jobs where the work environment is toxic. I don't do that. If you want to be doing all that, you, I'm not the employee for you. You know, and I, as I got a little bit, oh, I just turned 30 and, um, in June. Oh, congrats. Yeah. So hey. if I had hair, I'd look a little younger. <laughs> anyway. Um, so now I, um, when I was dealing with obviously that the job depression piece, just trying yeah. to navigate that whole, like, okay, what do I do? Where do I go? start looking for internal positions. You know, if there's, if there's that a way too. to out, start looking for internal positions, you can, you can level up. I know for me, I dealt with a lot of like, I hate to say hate. Cause I don't like to be like, Oh, I'm ha- people's hating on me, but, um, that definitely dealt with <laughs> some, probably I, were, probably were, but definitely dealt with a lot of adversity. So I wasn't, I was in a situation that wasn't necessarily conducive to my, it wasn't, it didn't help my career. I was in a yeah. very, very, um, bad location. I worked in a retail store, so I was in a very bad location, but I was still a very, I was very high performer. So what I ended up doing was I told you guys, I chased the success. So I was so good at my job that I didn't like, you know, you talked about mentors. So yeah. I didn't necessarily have that. Oh, that's mm-hmm. a lie. Cause my mentor actually got me the job, but in the day, <laughs> in the day to day stuff, in the day to day, in that, in the trenches, I didn't, yeah. I didn't necessarily have it. Cause I didn't want to go hit him up and bothering him. Hey, I got a problem with this dude. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to hold hand it on your own. Right. 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 I wanted to try to figure yeah. it out. So what yeah. I did was I chased success and they weren't giving me any interviews. I had to apply for other jobs, other promotions to move out of the store. They weren't giving me nothing, yeah. but I was like, okay. Okay. I see what you guys are doing here. So then I just went and crushed it and killed it. Yeah. And guess yeah. what? My numbers and my sales numbers, they had to give me an interview because yeah. my numbers were too good. Yeah. So when you, if you're dealing with a situation like that, you can either be a top performer, call your internal office. You have the yeah. hotline. A lot of people, I, you know what? And let's talk about that. Cause I hate when people just run and say, Oh, go to the hotline. Like, yeah, that's not, all, it doesn't even, real about they, they don't help you. They actually, don't. they, they literally will talk to you through a crisis or whatever. But at the end of the day, like having stable therapy maintenance is what's most important. And I think that one thing that uh, cause I used to manage people um, and someone who I was managing suffered from depression. And what I kind of told them was that let's get you stable in this job, even though you don't love it. Like, and remote work honestly helps with people's job depression because 
the second you're done with work, you close that laptop and you're done. you're done. So I think that's another thing is people should look into working remotely, you know, if that's an opportunity for them, um, because it will help mitigate that depression. And then once you get stable in your job depression, um, you'll be able to find your way out. But hotlines don't help you. What have you seen? What have you seen in your in your career, not your career, mm-hmm. but as far as your clients, what have you mm-hmm. seen as it relates to COVID and how people are handling that from the from a depression perspective yeah. and dealing with their jobs? Because a lot of people have gotten yeah. like, I got laid off last year. Um, yeah. After that, like I was just like I'm out. Like I was like, all right, cool. Like let me just figure it out. But yeah, walking into a new but you're ambitious, trying to be. <laughs> no, you are. I mean, you you started your podcast. Even just the way you're talking about like your chase of success and like the metrics that you have for yourself are that of an ambitious person. And I resonate with a lot of the things that you're saying because that's part. Of, I, we're going to talk about this later, but the book that I have coming out, I wrote that while I was depressed, and it's just, it's just funny how life works. But to answer your mm-hmm. question about how people are. Um, coming to me with COVID actually I get a lot of YouTube comments about um, how COVID has affected people. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people are just frustrated um, trying to find a job in the middle of job freezes. I've had a lot of new grads graduate and say like, I can't find a job. Um, I would and say what's your advice for them. What's your, and what's your advice? Yeah. I don't know a lot of, there are a lot of college kids out here. Um, who I know this is like 2008 all over again. Y- you know, what's crazy. I went to I went to school, I went to college in 2009. And that was my freshman year. That was my freshman year. You're lucky. Yeah. Well, no, that was the middle of the um the pre- well, actually but I am you lucky. went to college. I was already broke. I was broke <laughs> while everybody else is broke. So it was but like I was straight. I'm saying you didn't graduate into that. Into that by the time I graduated, you know I mean? the, the you were Gucci. had already passed. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But, gas, so for but, the people, but surviving college gas. I know. Well, I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah. Gas. I'm pretty sure. But surviving college is already, you know, we're all broke. <laughs> Exactly. We all swiping one meal card and all eating that meal. So, I mean, but I think my advice for those people and, you know, I've had friends who lost their job during COVID who got laid off. And I, again, I never want to operate from a place where I don't acknowledge the privilege that I have, mm-hmm. where I'm in a world where I can quit my job and still find employment or opportunity. So my advice to those people um, has always been obviously apply for unemployment because. I mean, those benefits I've heard have been really great for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, in the same breath, I just have told people to be consistent in applying for opportunities. And um, a lot of people who actually reached out to me were trying to get into the public health or STEM space. So it was a little bit easier for me to help them because there are so many jobs for public health, biology, science majors, as it relates to contact tracing for COVID-19 or like, I mean, it was, it's almost like a blessing and a curse. It was a blessing for a lot of STEM people because they were able to get job opportunities Mm -hmm. in their fields so quickly. And it depends on what what field, I I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So if you have public health, if you have a public health degree, I mean, you kind of got lucky because you're graduating into what you just learned about. So, but for other people, other college students, I've honestly been encouraging people to just take any job that they can find and you can pivot. 
And I think business majors have the most beautiful pivot in the world because they can go and do business development for a pharmaceutical company or for um, a social media company. The other thing I've been telling people and encouraging them is this is the time to kind of hone in on whatever passion or craft that you've had. So if you wanted to start a YouTube channel, now's the time. If you wanted to do TikTok or social media influencing where you honestly can build your own brand and contact brands to get deals, this is the time as well. So uh, we know it's an unforeseen circumstance, but we can't change the circumstances. We can only change how we respond. So that's kind of how I've been navigating my clients through COVID um, the best that I can. Okay. That's what's up, man. So I think that, you know, with, with the career path and with a lot of college Mm -hmm. graduating, like right this second, it can be a crazy job for us. You know, me being in the position that I am, you don't think, because I have a job, right? So I'm not, yeah. I'm like, I'm not graduating. I don't have to like go search for a job, but I, I, I know it's hard. I'm like, dang, like it might be a really tough, tough time. Oh, it's hard. Job right now. Yeah. Yeah. They're companies- all stressed. Well, a lot of companies are downsizing and yep. a lot of companies closing. Are, are also making a ton of money, you know, especially yep. by these big corporations, you know, when COVID yep. hit, companies, they, they, Amazon? Bro, Jeff Bezos, he, he banked, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and so my, I definitely would like to encourage any, anybody who's in that, that transitional phase. Cause that's honestly, when you graduate college, it's very scary. You know, it's one of those yeah. things where you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know where you're going to end up. Um, yeah. You're trying to figure it out. You Even if you're going to like a master's, even if you know where you're going, you don't know what's yeah. going to happen when you get there. You don't know if you're going to like it. So what I found is a lot of people who are more so the, one of those recent graduates, they they end up they're still trying to find their careers. And yeah. then you, you get to about my age and then you start to realize if you either love your career, or you hate your career. Hate like, and see this. I want to pivot or, but I'm stuck. This is what my book addresses. Yes. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. So what's the title of your book and and talk about what topics that you address? It's about, yeah. So it is called career savages, declassified college senior survival guide. I like that. So yeah. So basically it takes you from the, summer before you go into a senior year mm-hmm. all throughout senior year and then one year after okay. and honestly people who even graduate you know if you're a college senior junior sophomore anybody in college or two years three years post-grad even some of my friends we've been out of college since oh i'm about to age myself we've been out of college we graduated in 2016 2017 i graduated 2013 and- so <laughs> So I think um, everybody can learn something from the book, I think. And um, it will be published in December of this year. And um, it'll be available on Amazon, my website, careersavage.com, my publisher's Mm -hmm. website, um, which is Mango Publishing Group. Um, Out in Miami, actually. They're actually in Florida. So that's a small world. That's what's up. But um, the book, honestly, everything that you were just talking about, how like you go through college and you you picked this major when you were 18 years old, mm-hmm. you graduate college with this degree at 21, 22. No one's telling you what to do with it. If you're a lawyer, if you majored in law, they're telling you to go to law school, which you don't even really have to do. You can do other things. If you're a biology major, major they're telling you to go to med school. If you're a business major, they're telling you to go get your MBA. If you're a psychology major, they're telling you to go get your PhD. Yeah. It's for your side D. So it's like they put you on this 
they put you on this racetrack and they tell you that there's no deviation from that track. Mm -hmm. So you go throughout your whole career life and you graduate and you're like, okay, well, I don't want to go to med school. I don't want to get my MBA. I don't even know what to do. What's next. This degree is useless. College is dumb. I hate school. Then you become that person. That's like, I don't think you need to go to college to be successful. Yeah. All these things. And like the perpetuation of that message. But anyway, Yes, no, um, that's, that's real. That's because a lot of people go through that and end up. They do. And they, they become they bitter. You, they push you towards because if you notice, our parents, our parents, and their parents, mm-hmm. they didn't go to college. Or their our mm-hmm. parents, a lot of our parents, my my parents didn't, but a lot of parents they didn't go to college. And the generation mm-hmm. after that, which is our parents, a lot mm-hmm. of those people started to go to college, or they mm-hmm. started to build a little bit where some people were going to college and mm-hmm. a lot of people weren't. So. Mm-hmm. For when you look at how each generation is responding to essentially like education, the market, yeah, right, the market they weren't when we were when we were growing up, they were really pushing us to go to college. Eric, go to yeah, college, let's go to college, go to college. Yeah, 20 years later or 10, 10, 15 years later, everybody's like, oh, shoot, we gotta pay, we gotta pay <laughs> these loans back. But, but it's because nobody tells people what to do with the degree, that's the problem. And it's um, funny because back in the day, like World War II era. They like the government used to partner with the colleges that were around and were like, okay, we need more mechanical engineers in the workforce. Tell people to go to school for mechanical engineering. And I personally think that the college system is broken, wherein we're entering a space where we need more web developers. We need more people who know how to code. We need people who know how to do science, technology, and mechanical engineering. Tell them to go to school for those things. Don't tell them go to school for broadcast journalism. When we have social media that is taking broadcast journalism jobs away from broadcast journalists, you're telling people to major in English and literature so they can become a published author. You don't need those things to become a published author. You can go right on Amazon and build your own. And build your own thing. So I think, I mean, not I think, but literally in my book, I take you through the key important things that you need to do the, the summer before you go into college, and even if you didn't do it summer before you go to college, what you really need to do senior year to ensure that you get a job in your field after graduating. And I personally believe the best way to find out what you want to do with your career and your life is to experiment. So that's why I did so many things during my undergrad year where I was volunteering. I thought I wanted to be a pediatrician. I volunteered at Yale Hospital um, and, were, and volunteered on the oncology unit for pediatrics. That day, I was like, I'm not doing anything with kids. But okay. you explore, you, at least you explored it to figure out uh, this isn't for but me. But that's what people need to do. And they do it too late. So you were talking about how people get to 30 and then they're like, Dude, is this really what I want? Because you spent so much time following this path that the college system curated for you mm-hmm. that you didn't even get the opportunity to experiment if this is actually what you wanted to do, right. you know? That is what is lacking in the college experience. And when you get to the master's level in my master's program, they literally make you do like, uh, you can't graduate without APE. I think it's called applied practicum experience. Mm -hmm. You have to do something in the field before you can graduate. And it has to be something that interests you. You have to do your thesis. There's so many things where they're like, the only reason you get your master's, and I always say this, only get your master's if you already know what you're doing. I already knew what I was doing. That's why I got my master's. But you waste money if not. I prefer that curriculum. I prefer that. And they should take the same thing they do with master's education and, and apply it to undergrad education. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's just, you know, PWI versus HBCU. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. But 
that's what my book is about. So I'm really excited for people to have the opportunity to know what to do and how to like achieve success. I talk about um, investing. I talk about how to pick your insurance. I talk about benefits package, salary negotiation, how to write your resume, what to look for in the workplace, practicing gratitude and what that actually means. And like just navigating your own career path. And I take my personal experiences and kind of walk people along that journey. That's what's up. I love that. Especially, you yeah. know, how to negotiate salaries. And a lot of people don't yep. know how to do that. And honestly, yep. you know, it's, it, when you go to a, to corporate America, you don't know any of that stuff. You, nobody you don't know anything. You negotiate your salary. Nobody tells you that because most people Pick just... Pick an HMO or a PPO. Right. No one tells and you. my parents didn't teach me that. I didn't know anything mm-hmm. about HMOs, PPOs. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know anything IRA, about... 401k. None of that. I just had to figure it out. And It's all in my book. And we could talk about the education system. That's that's a whole other topic. But I know, because Lord Jesus. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I want to, to shift over to the Econics Ten. So this is ten questions. Um, they're not rapid fire, but they're ten interesting questions. I like to ask my guests. So you ready? Sure, I'm right. ready. So the first question is: What would you title this chapter in your life? Whoa, loaded. Yep. What the heck? <laughs> Um, I would title it. Okay. I would title it evolution with a semicolon. And then I would say the stage of spiritual, mental, and physical growth. I like that. I like that a lot. Number two, what superpower would you have? Um, I kind of wish I could fly. It's cold up there. <laughs> I know. It's cold up there. I know. Actually, okay, let me take it back. I wish I had you go skydiving first. I actually kind of wish I had the power to heal. That's dope. That would be a good yeah, one. That would be a really cool one. Number three, what would you invest in right now if money wasn't an issue? <laughs> Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four, if you weren't doing this, what would your other profession be? I would be an interior designer. Dope. Yeah. Number five, I want your five dinner guests dead or alive. Five of them. Ooh, okay. Barack Obama. Okay. Um, my father. Dope. Um, Pops on the scene. I know. Um, I feel like it'd be all personal people that I know. But, um, okay, so I would say Barack Obama, my father. Um, Michelle Alexander, she's the author of the new Jim Crow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would also have my, oh, I would have my mentor. I would have my mentor there. And it would literally be like a dinner with people I know in Barack Obama. <laughs> nope, I mean, that's, cool. that's cool. Um, and yeah, let's just throw Michelle in there. Cause I kind of, right. I'm intrigued, but actually take that back. Take that back. Not Michelle, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy. I need to talk to her. Different. I want to talk to her. I want to talk to yeah. Nancy. Holla, yeah, holla. she sees some things. Nancy, Nancy if you're listening. She's old. Nancy, Nancy so listen. Listen. <laughs> Barack, bring Nancy with you. <laughs> yeah. Number six, your celebrity crush. Uh Idris. No, Damson. Damson Idris? Yeah. That's his name. Yes. Yeah, that's his, that's his name. He's from, from um So Fall. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's solid. He's solid. I like I like <laughs> That show I love. I love Snowfall. Yeah, Snowfall's a good show. It's a good show. 
Um, number seven, something that the average person would not know about you. The average, someone who doesn't know me. Nope. Just, or oh, just the average person they wouldn't know. And something that that's just not. I'm just, low key a loner. Low key. Me too. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like an introverted extrovert. That's what I always say. And people are like, yeah, you can only be one. You're an extrovert, but I actually, I really do enjoy my own company. And like, I'm a bubbly person on my YouTube channel and stuff like that. But there's nothing more that I really do enjoy being by myself. Yo, I am solitude. I, uh, yeah. I appreciate it so much. Yeah, so much. Number eight, what keeps you up at night? That's deep. Mm-hmm. Certain fears. Yeah. Fear. yeah. And number nine, did, no, what I did, uh, yeah, number nine. Yeah, number yeah. nine is your biggest fear. <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> right. Um. <laughs> It's a fear, but it's not a fear. And I would probably say my biggest fear right now is death. Is what? Death. Yeah. I feel like when I get older, like, I'll be like, Lord, just take me home. But like right now, I'm really, right now, like, you know, what I'm I mean? ready to go. But you don't know. Cause like when it's your time, it's your time. You could be five, 10. Yeah. But I feel like, you, you know, be... I'm like 90 or like 85. Like, yeah. You know, I'll be like... up out of here. I'm straight. <laughs> Did it all. See y'all I'm later. over this earth. Yeah, you know what I mean? But <laughs> I'm over right this now, earth. <laughs> take me home. But yeah, right now, that's that's one of my fears. That keeps I, feel me up. That. I feel that. Number 10, PB&J or grilled cheese? Grilled cheese. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. PB&J, that's literally just sugar and bread. Man, that's what you need. Not that's at all. With some milk. Yo, that's a nah. Snack. A grilled cheese with a nice little tomato sandwich, soup on the side. Mm-hmm. Nah, you need the PB and J. Not at all. That was that, I like the I like the like yeah. yeah. Um, I appreciate that. So, um, this is the last thing I want you to yeah. tell everybody: one, where to find you; two, when your book is coming out, and where everybody can follow you. Okay. All right. You guys can follow me on Instagram at Kaya Abdul or Career Savage. And don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, hey. Career Savage. I also have a Kaya Abdul uh, Kaya Abdul YouTube channel um, if you're interested in seeing like daily vlogs. Um, my book is coming out December 2021. I'm really excited. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see me talking about it and posting about it and giving you guys updates on where to get pre-order sales. Um, if you have any questions about my book or about my brand in general, you can uh, email me at info at careersavage.com. You can also visit my website, careersavage.com. Literally everything is Career Savage. So it's very easy to find me. I love the brand. Um, yeah, it's every, it's literally everything. And then if you guys have also like any career questions about STEM or how to get inside STEM or how to find a job, you know, feel free to message me on LinkedIn as well. Um, it's going to be a little bit harder to find my LinkedIn, but um, if you look hard enough, you'll find it. <laughs> So what I'll do is obviously guys, you know, I'll post everything in the show notes. So all of your links will be in the show notes. Oh, cool. And awesome. all you got to do is just click the button and it'll reroute them. So oh, yay. guys, this is it. Thank you so much for being guest on the podcast. Y'all, this is my girl, Kaya. She is here. I'm the career savage. And that's it, guys. Have a good one. Peace. All right. Bye, guys.